This is money line. This is money line. This is money line. This is Moneyline on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 97.5.com. Yeah, we made it. You just talking. If they hate it, you know they're watching. Enjoy the show. Enjoy the show. Enjoy the show. Enjoy the show. Presented by Klein's Jewelry. My bookie and Sky Wonder Pyrotechnics. Live from the RentersWarehouse.com studios, here's Jerry Bowe and Josh Jordan. Nice camera action. Welcome in to another edition of Moneyline on a beautiful, beautiful Sunday morning. Week 6 on the menu. In studio with none other than proud, proud to call him the statistician, my co-host, Josh Jordan. What's going on, Jerry? You ready for another Sunday, my man? I'm ready. Our picks have been killing. And our DJ. Go, DJ. Oh, that's my DJ. My DJ's name is Kel. What's up, fellas? Astros won. I got free tacos from Velvet Taco last night. Now I'm kicking it with my boys talking football. Life is Gucci. At Moneyline97.5, if you want to tweet us anytime during the show and get any of your questions in or fantasy, anything you got for us, you can also call the show at any time, 713-780-3776. We'll be glad to answer any of your questions leading up to kickoff. Also, during this first hour, we will have... Uh, Josh ADHD on from Roto Grinders, so get your questions ready, and uh, we're gonna kill off as much as we can for you. No doubt, it, man. No doubt about it, man. This is a—it's kind of an interesting week. When I started kind of looking at the matchups, I wasn't very excited. I didn't feel like this was a, you know, a week where everything jumps off the page and everything's real obvious. But after I've kind of digested everything a little bit, I feel much better about who I'm going to be playing this week and who I'm not. What do you think about the, the matchups this week? Are they are they good for you? Do you feel what I'm saying at all? No, I do. And they're, they're tricky matchups on there. And then the ones that you know that are going to have high-scoring games, then you feel like they're, they're going to be highly-owned players. So it's yeah. kind of about picking your spots. And, again, we always talk about it. And it's not about just picking a game that has a high total. It's about picking a game that can actually surpass that high total. And that's what you'll find yourself dealing with this week. Yeah, I'm totally with you. I'm I'm really excited for the Chiefs Patriots game. I, I think Oof. that one's going to be, I mean, just a bonanza of fantasy points, and I think it's just going to be a great football game. Yeah, it is. Who was a fantasy cast last week for you, Josh? Oh man, you know, I had a few. Uh, I actually had a pretty good week. Um, TJ Yeldon came through for me. That was a really big one. That was some fantasy cash for me. Uh, and Sony Michelle, he came through for me big time last week. I pushed him pretty hard. And I like him again this week. And we'll get into that a little later in the show. Who went off for you last week, Jerry, that you were really happy about? Well, not exactly going off for me, but just fantasy cash in general. What's up with Isaiah Crowell doing these kind of things just last week? And also, uh, the just the Jets' offense in general. Well, Robbie Anderson did his thing, 27.3 fantasy points. What was up with that performance? That It was kind of shocking. And, of course, a Crowell's a game-time decision this week. <laughs> a game-time decision, so you don't even know if you can use him, which means you know Powell's a great play if, if Crowell ends up sitting out. So... I'm still kind of having trouble figuring out exactly what's going on there. Robbie Anderson's a guy that you want to go pick up because he's a big play guy, but he's also a guy that this week could get two targets for like 20 yards. So, 
you know, tread carefully with the Jets' offense because I don't even think they really know what they're doing from week to week. Yeah, you're right about that. How about players that aren't supposed to be up in, let's say, the top five to ten fantasy scores of the week? Eric Ebron with 31.5 yeah. points. I mean, the, the volume's been there. He gets he leads the team in red zone targets. Uh, Hilton not being there helps him, but it's just crazy to see a tight end throwing up 31.5 points. It really is. that He just lucked out and have anybody else to throw to. I think that's really what it is. And, and Ebron's banged up. I was looking at the injury report. He's got like four things wrong with him. <laughs> it's like a shin and a foot and a shoulder. I mean, the guy's banged up. So, you know, kind of be careful with him. I think, you know, you're rolling with him. He's gotten you this far, but... You know, I don't know how much longer he can keep taking a beating like this. 15 targets is what he had last week. Another player that I like to see up there is John Brown. Now, we can consider him fantasy trash this week because he had 14 targets and only caught four of them for 58 yards, nine points. Now, when you have that many targets and they don't have a true number one over there because Crabtree's still dropping balls, uh, it's, it's kind of confusing what Baltimore has as far as who's the number one wideout. Yeah, and they have like 27 tight ends that they like to mix in there. And and now they have, you know, Hurst coming back. So who knows how that's going to change the target share in that offense. And, you know, Flacco's just so – he's either good Flacco or bad Flacco, kind of like Eli. And we've seen a lot of bad Eli lately, that's for sure. So, man, in their offense with their running backs, it's tough to figure out too with Alex Collins. Like when we started the season, we thought he'd be a guy you could kind of rely on and – that just really hadn't been the case. Yeah, and when you look at that backfield, it's confusing. Allen seems to be the one getting the touches inside the five. He gets a little bit more as far as PPR scoring. And overall, you kind of got to stay away from him until you get a better gist of it. And I don't know if we'll get that throughout the whole season. No, I, I'm with you. And as far as fantasy trash last week, my guy Calvin Ridley finally did not have a good game. So that's, you know, with Muhammad Sanu in there, that's something you kind of have to be careful with because, you know, and Austin Hooper finally showed up, and that's probably why Ridley didn't have a good game. There's there's only so many targets to go around. Well, now Ridley, he leads the Atlanta in red zone targets in the second in air yards behind Julio, but he only gets six targets per game, so it's a boomer bust. Either he gets in the end zone or he and, and he pays off or he doesn't because at this point everybody's on him, especially in the DFS world and on these games that they're considered shootouts with their defense being bad every week is pretty much considered a shootout with the Falcons at this point. Yeah, the injuries are really killing their defense. So anytime you have a matchup against the Falcons, that you definitely want to play that other side, which, you know, Jameis Winston coming back this week, I think a lot of people are going to be on him. He's got a relatively cheap number in DFS, but I do think he's going to be highly owned this week. Where are you with, with Jameis coming back into this offense? Because they are playing the Falcons this week. They have that great matchup. When I think of Jameis, let me paint a picture of what I what I pictured him walking into the locker room. You know, he just, what's up, coach? What's up, Jackson? What's up, Deshaun? I saw you. You know, he's going to hold that grudge. I, I saw you wearing that chain. It looked very <laughs> nice on you. Mm-hmm. What's up? You know, like, that's what I picture yeah. him looking at. Oh, like, yeah, I remember you talking some, mm. you know what I mean? Everyone, every one of those guys that that said something about Fitzpatrick in a positive way, he's going to hold that. And Deshaun Jackson was, you saw, he was all about Fitzpatrick. He was, he was boosting him up as soon as they gave him the call. And at this point, I don't know what Winston can be. The, the matchup is prime yeah. for him to, to show out, but. 
I'm scared. I'm scared of what he's going to do. I'm scared of it's Jameis. It's Jameis. <laughs> yeah, he's going to be eating W's or whatever the hell that is. Yeah, yeah. That, that's exactly like <laughs> walking up on Deshaun. Just, you want to eat, eat this W? And what's interesting there is, you know, Jameis has the big arm, but he never really developed that deep ball chemistry with Deshaun Jackson. And Fitzpatrick, who doesn't have much of an arm, he really got it going with the deep ball with Deshaun. So, He's a guy I've been getting a lot of questions about this week, Deshaun Jackson, what to do with him. I do like Cameron Brayton in this game. I, I yeah. think he could really come through. He's a guy I put in my article, and I think he could have a big game. But I did see O.J. Howard is is trending towards playing. But I think that chemistry with Brayton Winston is going to show itself again this week. Speaking of O.J. Howard. Breaking news. News flash. What's up, guys? Beautiful Sunday morning here in Houston, Texas yet again. Astros win. We're all happy here in the building today. Woo! No doubt, Andrew. Thanks for joining us, man. Always, my guys. So, um, got got a lot of news this week, but it's a lot of guys that are questionable, so that 11 o'clock report's going to be the real long one. Starting off with the QBs, Ryan Tannehill is doubtful this week. Hmm. He's probably not going to play. That means Brock Osweiler sticking in for the for the Miami Dolphins, and as Houston Texans fans, we all know what that means. I'll let you guys talk about that plenty over these next couple of segments. Brock Asswater. That'll be great. <laughs> Brock and roll. <laughs> Moving over to the running backs. Isaiah Crowell is going to be active this week. It's not official, Ooh. but he's going to be active this week. He's going to be ready to go. Gio Bernard is out, so that means Joe Mixon is going to be getting all those touches again. He looked great last week. Yeah. I expect more of the same this week. Your boy Leonard Fournette is still going to be out, and I would expect <laughs> I would expect to see him stay out until they're uh, past their week by. So I would see week nine is probably when they're going to be targeting him to return. Coach Doug Marone has hinted that he might see action next week, but that would just put him in the exact same time frame for coming back from the injury that he had the first time. And I just don't see them doing that after he re-injured the same hamstring. Yep. Devontae Freeman's nightmare season is going to continue. Oh, yeah. You know, it seems like every week something new breaks with the guy. He's out this week with a foot contusion. He didn't practice at all. So look to see Tevin Coleman in line to start. Ito Smith is going to share some of that load. And then receivers, we got Will Fuller. He's active. Kiki QT is active. Nice. Sammy Watkins is active. Doug Baldwin is active. T.Y. Hilton is out. And then there's a whole host of guys, like I said, that are questionable. So we'll get to those guys at 11 o'clock once it's official. And then at tight ends, Jack Doyle is out. Eric Ebron's questionable, but he's almost assuredly going to play. He was a full practice on Friday. Good. So... Look, he's going to get a ton of catches. He's going to get a ton of looks again. And Tyler Croft is out in Tennessee, which means C.J. Uzoma is going to see the majority of their snaps over at tight end. That's all I got for you guys right now. I'll be back at 11 o'clock with the rest of the uh, injury news. All right, thanks, Andrew. That's kind of interesting. There's there's quite a few guys that are out that are going to change some lineups this week. Um, I don't know. Is there anybody that stands out that, you know, the most out of that group of guys? Um, it's, I'm scared. To be honest with you, there's that it's deep, and yeah. some of them are in those late games. So, to be honest with you, I'm going to play that real, real cautiously this week. Me too. I, I am excited that Will Fuller is going to play. I just that just opens up the offense for the Texans so much. One thing, another question I got this week was Lamar Miller or Alfred Blue, which I mean they are playing Buffalo. It's not the best defense in the world, so there might be some fantasy points to be had. Watson's banged up. Maybe they run the ball a little more just to protect him. If you had to pick between those two Texans running backs, who would you go with this week? I'm starting to lean to blue. I think he's overall better, especially in the passing game. And this week with the big spread, I think that plays in the game script plays into their hands. 
I also have maybe a pick on the game. I'm shading as to maybe the spread's a little bit too big, and mm. I don't know if we can trust uh, Houston to cover that big of a number. That's interesting. You know, and that, that number's been all over the place this week because they took it off the board because they weren't sure if Watson was going to play. And, you know, I think they had it at 10 for a while, and then it went down to like one point almost to pick them. And I think it's back to being that big number again. I, I'm kind of with you. I I don't know if they're going to cover that. It's just the Watson injury, and their offensive line is so bad that – I don't know. I don't feel very confident in what I'm going to see from the Texans this week. And we spoke about them as far as on Daily Fantasy, the Texans defense. They're a top. Uh, they're one of the top four more ex- most expensive teams as far as uh, Daily Fantasy. And we have another team, though, that we're really, really, really digging this week on that top four list. And we'll get to that when we come back. You're listening to Moneyline, ESPN 97.5. Actually, we got a little more goodness for you guys. <laughs> Actually, yeah, the computer's a little bit stuck. Give us, give us a second. We'll get to it. Twitter. Twitter. Follow the show on Twitter at Moneyline975. is money live on ESPN 97.5 and on ESPN 97.5.com presented by Klein's jewelry live from the Wreckers warehouse.com studios. Here's Jerry bow and Josh Jordan. Welcome back to money line 713-780 ESPN. If you want to get in and ask any kind of stardom seven questions next segment, we will have Josh ADHD on from Roto grinder. So get all your questions ready. No doubt about it. He's got, He's got the advice for you. It's fantastic. And Jerry and I, we learn a little something every time we have him on every week. So we'll be looking forward to that. Uh, Why don't we kind of finish previewing this Texans game and then kind of swing around the league. So Jerry was talking about Alfred Blue earlier, and and he likes him a little better than Lamar Miller. uh, And and I'm kind of feeling that way, too. Um, What about Hopkins? You know, he's got a really tough matchup with uh, Tredavious White, I believe it is, and He's been following receivers all over the field, the number one guys. I think we're going to see that today with Hopkins. So I'm I'm not loving Hopkins as much as I normally am. What do you think about Hopkins this week? Well, they say Tredavious White sprained his ankle in Wednesday's practice, so that that's at least a little bit of a good news for Watson or for Hopkins. But the new style of football that we're playing, if you see. They're moving receivers all around now. You could catch these outside receivers playing in the slot, and that's what you see A.J. Green, for example, last week. He played a bunch out of the slot yeah. to, to avoid the, the bad matchup. And Hopkins has ran 11 of, his, or 11 of his 39 receptions have been out of the slot, and Tredavious White only plays in the slot 2% of the time. So if they run him out of the slot, he will avoid that matchup. So look for him to run somewhat out of that slot sometime. Ooh, that's interesting. Um, what about QT this week? You know, he plays in the slot quite a bit. 
you know, but what you say makes sense. If you want to free up Hopkins, move him in there. Is QT a guy you would you would start maybe as a deep flex? Yeah, he runs 71% of his routes out of the slot, and he had 42 routes, ran on 45 of Watson's dropbacks, which that just goes to show you that they believe in him. Pretty soon here, you're going to be – QT's going to be an everyday, uh, an every week starter uh, uh, considered even a flex or maybe a wide receiver too because he gets volume. He really does. And speaking of that volume, do you think that will lead to points? It looks like the number's at about 40 or 40 and a half this week. Do you think this game goes over? I don't. I think maybe the Texans team total goes over. But I think once the Texans open up a little bit of a of a margin, they're going to tee off. This is the game where J.J. gets gets going again. I mean, don't get me wrong. He's been playing great, but this is where he, you're actually going to see him dominate, dominate. That defense is going to get right here. And I think once they go down 7, 10 points, it, it opens the floodgates open. Okay. We know the Texans have an issue stopping running backs that are catching passes specifically. That seems to be an issue they have every week, whether it's James White or, or whoever. What do you think about McCoy this week? Normally, I would kind of like him that he would catch a lot of passes because of the matchup. But I just feel like with Buffalo, who else do the Texans really have to key on besides McCoy? So I feel like, you know, you know, with the Patriots, there's plenty of other guys you have to worry about besides James White. What do you think about McCoy this week? He finally did something as far as fantasy relevancy, right? Everyone's been waiting on him. Uh, the preseason to talk was uh, whether he'd be suspended or not. The, sp- the suspension never came, and the fantasy production hasn't been there. But last year, last week, he parlayed 26 touches into 108 yards, which shows that he still has something left in the gas tank, and he's still playing, I guess, to win or, or to show up and show out. Now, the only problem here is the Texans only allow 3.4 yards per carry. Um, that's not much, and... If what approach does the Bills offense take? What approach is the Texans stack the box? So then uh, what, what, what is Josh Allen going to do? You know what I mean? It just makes no sense. Nobody on that team has, uh, I think, averages over five receptions. Nobody's cracked 65 yards in the game. It just it makes no sense. So I don't see how it's going to work out for the Bills in any way. And I'll be all over the Texans in daily fantasy because this is where they're going to come up with a bunch, a bunch of sacks from a team that leads the team, uh, league in sacks given up and quarterback hits. And that makes a lot of sense. It really makes you wonder how did they beat the Vikings? You know, I just that that's crazy to me. I don't really. I know they got out and they got ahead really early, and I just don't really see that happening with against the Texans this week. So I, I do kind of like Will Fuller, though. I brought that up. I, you know, he didn't do much last week, but I think you know maybe this is the week where he gets going again. I believe last week is the only game he was ever playing with Deshaun Watson where he didn't score. I mean, think how crazy that is. So Fuller might be a guy that that he gets back on the right path again this week, gets going. If they're going to be paying a lot of attention to Hopkins, maybe Fuller's the guy that gets deep like he consistently does. And and to your point about the Texans struggling against running backs that catches the ball, usually in the past, LaShawn McCoy would light the Texans up. However, this year he only has 10 catches and 4 yards. That that system is is not the same. Texans are only allowing 95 rushing yards, which is technically one of the best um, in the league. So, Again, yeah, I mean, if if, you, if Texans defense is, is, is a free agent out there, snag him because LaShawn McCoy is not the same pass-catching running back in this offense that he used to be. Josh Allen's committed six turnovers in the last 18 quarters with a sack rate of 13.5, which is a league high. That screams for fantasy gold as far as from a defense. So go ahead and, and stack up the uh, Texans defense, and you can even couple them with maybe Alfred Blue in a game script that says that it's going to be a 10-point or a double-digit spread 
that that that's great for a running back. That makes sense. And if you're looking in daily, it looks like the Texans are the third most expensive. They're coming in at 3,500. So, I, and the the Bears are actually at 3,300 right behind them. So I find that one kind of interesting. It is. We were talking to, to Tubbs before the show. It is going to be chalky. You know, a lot of people are going to be on the Bears this week, especially if Osweiler is back there flinging the ball around like Uncle Rico. So I could see a lot of people on them this week. Let's finish up with the Texans here and Deshaun Watson. He's at 6,400 in daily. He's about the fourth most expensive quarterback this week. It's just the injury for me while I'm a little, you know, in daily, I'm just like, why do I want to pick a guy that's kind of hurt when I could pick anybody? So it's hard for me to want to do that. Where are you at with Watson this week? 6,400 is the number for him. I got to trust him. He's back to his running ways. He, he That's what I wanted to see. Don't get me wrong. That first hit I even put on Twitter, like, man, he needed a little base. That, And then as soon as I, I, I retracted that statement, on, as soon as he laid himself out again, and I'm like, all, all treble, no base. I just, <laughs> all highs, no lows. Like, like it, it just, I don't like him seeing, seeing him take these hits, and he's such a, a valuable part to this offense. But the running game to him is such a, it's a weapon, and it's something that teams have to account for when, when defending him and, I don't think he can ever get out of that. Now he has to learn how to absorb and take hits like like Russell Wilson. If you see Russell, he can he hits that square button, that X button on the Madden real quick. Just likes he tapping when you go to hit him. He he's quick to slide or he's quick to run out of bounds. Now Cam he's built a little bit yeah. different and he can go ahead and run those or or you see Cam they'll line him up on a shotgun on the one which which we hate when that happens here as 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 Houstonians but. You see him run that all the time, and he'll go up there and jump over the line, and nothing. He'll get up, do his dance, and go off, and not even not even hurt at all, you know. But Watson is like he, he might be a little more fragile. Yeah, he is. He's a, a slider build kind of guy. He can't take the punishment. Cam does. Uh, anything? Any other takeaways from the Texans before we move on that you wanted to get to? No, that's it for me as far as just the defense. I think they'll tee off. I think this is where they get right as far as um, uh, turnovers, and I'm, I'm all over the Texans as a whole. All right, before we get, get to break, why don't we hit on real quickly what we saw on Thursday night. We get a lot of requests from people like, you guys don't bring up the Thursday game because we're on on Sundays. But I, I did want to bring up, man, Eli Manning looks god-awful. I mean, he looks terrible. And, you know, I've been pushing Sterling Shepard for a few weeks now, and he's mostly been coming through. And that, that finally ended this week just because Eli is so bad. Even Odell's not I hear people calling into fantasy shows asking if they should start Odell Beckham. Mm. I mean, think of it, think about that. You probably spent a first-round pick on him, and you don't even know if you're going to start him. That's crazy. Man, Saquon Barkley, oh, my God. I mean, he might be the—he probably is the best running back in fantasy right now. He's just—he's been amazing. Um, let, let's stick with the Giants real quick. What do you do with the Giants offense? Obviously, you're starting you know, Saquon, but anybody else, how do you feel about Odell and Sterling Shepard going forward? Well, just going forward, I, I look at it more as, as far especially from a gaming perspective. I gave out a big, big pick this week on that game, and I had a couple of people tell me, really? Like, you, you're leaning one way or another? And I said, yeah, but it ain't on the side. It's on the prop. And the prop was five and a half receptions for Barkley, which that that's money in the bank. Yeah. That's, <laughs> so... Well, you ask yourself, how's that going to happen? Well, 
for a team that that thrives on stopping the run like the Eagles do, right? They're the, the lead, the lead, and then and then uh, offensive line that struggles. What makes you think that they're that the offensive line is not going to let them through on some? And a lot of dump offs are going to happen trying to get it over the top of that line and get Barkley in space. We saw just that, and he hit that. In the fourth, I took a little bit, then he added like three or four right after that. So that was uh, that's something to look forward to when you when you touch some of these games. Don't automatically touch the the side or the total. That's the easy thing to do. Go ahead and look into the props. We're all fantasy guys, right? And that's what you need to be looking for. Yeah, that, that's good advice right there. I'm, I'm glad you mentioned that. Um, trying to think, Eli's a guy that... Like, I spot-started him in a league where I had a buy, and I really only did that because he's been really good against the Eagles in his last several games, and, man, he was just awful the other night. I'm done with him. I don't want to start him anymore. And on your point about Barkley, I think he already has the record for the most catches by a rookie running back for the Giants. You know, we're six games into the season, yeah. and he's already broken that that record for their franchise, which is kind of crazy to think about. Um, Eagles side of the ball, what, what did you think there? Alshon Jeffrey keeps popping up. Wentz is looking good again. I mean, I don't know. Like I saw Holly say that all you need is the Giants to to play the Giants to make you look good or to make you a feel good story. <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, when you face them. So I don't know if that was it, but I, I really like Wentz. I just I've always liked them, and I, I I was curious to see how he was going to come back. He looks like the same guy to me. It's obviously it'll be a little a little different these first couple of weeks, but I think when it gets to prime time, we'll get later on during this year, you're going to see Wentz shine again like he did last year. I do too, and I think you know Clement and Smallwood was kind of the debate this mm-hmm. week, right? Like, which guy are we going to play? Who's going to be the guy now with Jai out for the year? And it looked like Clement. He kind of, you know, even though he was a little banged up, he played, and, and he's the one that came through. So I think Clement's the guy to have in that backfield for now, and who knows when Sproles comes back, if that screws everything up again. So that'll be interesting going forward. And, of course, if they trade for, you know, like Le'Veon Bell or something mm. like that, that would – whoa. Yeah, that that would be really exciting if that happened. So, anyway, we'll get to the rest of these games here in just a bit. Anything else you got on that one, Jerry, before we move on? Just a question. When do we start classifying Ertz as that first tier? You know, yeah. because that first tier is considered, I guess, the, the Gronk and the Kelsey, right? And then mm-hmm. where do you put Ertz now? Because he gets targets. He gets catches. He's Wentz's guy. And, I mean, he's a weapon. If you have him at your tight end spot, you're you're eating every week. No doubt about it. I mean, for me, I think it's kind of Ertz and Kelsey in that top tier because, you know, Gronk has been shockingly – inconsistent this year you know he's been a little banged up and now they're working in Josh Gordon and you know Kelsey and Ertz seem to be the guys just no-brainers you start them every week they've been fantastic 713-780-3776 to get all your questions in in a few minutes here we'll be uh getting Josh ADHD on so get all your stardom sit him questions he's gonna kill it like he always does yeah we're looking forward to that so I guess it's time we're gonna hit a break And we're going to get to more stuff here in just a bit, guys. So get your calls in. You can follow us on Twitter at Moneyline97.5. If you have some questions for us, we'll try and get to them during the show. So anyway, guys, call in 713-780-3776. You're listening to Moneyline on ESPN 97.5. But I ain't never crossed a man that didn't deserve it. Me be treated like a punk, you know that's unheard of. You better watch how you're talking and where you're walking. Or you and your homies might be lying and talking. I really hate the trip, but I got a low as they grow by Twitter. Twitter. Follow the show on Twitter at Moneyline975. Man of the yeah, uh, man of the yeah, man of the bounce. 
where I see girls everywhere. Hands, hands, hands in the air. So party over here. Shaking for the man of the year. Uh, man of the year. Met man of the bounce. Where I see girls everywhere. Hands, hands in the air. So party over here. You're listening to Moneyline on ESPN 97.5. On ESPN975.com. Presented by MyBookie. Live from the RentersWarehouse.com studios, here's Jerry Bowe and Josh Jordan. You know what that song means. Welcome back to Moneyline, and it's time to jump in the mind of Fantasy ADHD, my man, the man of the hour, the man of week six. Josh, what's going on, my man? Jerry Bo, Josh, how you guys doing? We're good. How are you doing today, Josh? I'm doing great, man. It's a beautiful Sunday in Houston. No doubt about that. It's nice to not have it rain every single day of the week for a month straight. I can certainly get used to this. Uh, this is an exciting week. You know, on DraftKings, they're doing the little the millionaire maker thing again this week, only for 10 bucks. Is that something you are going to be participating in this week, Josh? Personally, no. I usually don't fire at the Millie Maker. If I do, it'll be single dart. It's just the the odds of coming up with the perfect lineup for that tournament are really astronomically small, in my opinion. So it's not something I chase. Um, but I can certainly see why people go after because that's a lot of money. No doubt about that. So let's let's get into daily a little bit here. And this is a guy, you know, I listen to a lot of podcasts and I read a lot of stuff. A lot of people are on Tariq Cohen this week against the Dolphins. What do you think about him in this matchup? He's at 4600 is his price tag. I'm a little concerned about his usage this week. I don't know if the game before the bye with Tampa Bay was the indicator of usage going forward or if that was just game-specific. Game you know, Matt Nagy came out before the season and said that the running backs would be used in a game-specific manner. Maybe that's what we saw last week. So this week, if, you know, we see that Brock Osweiler is going to play, as the indications are showing right now, it may just be more of a kind of grinded-out situation for the Bears. And that leads me a little bit back to Jordan Howard instead of Tariq Cohen. But I can certainly see playing Cohen at his price. He's cheap. But there are some, uh, I think, some really good pivots at that price point if you want to play somebody else other than Cohen. All right, let's go to the HRMP listener line. We see Ben on the line with a, it's a question about line questions and gambling. So go ahead, Ben. Hey, uh, I had a question about the line, not about fantasy. Is this okay? Yeah, yeah, go ahead. I just had a question. What do you guys think about since he has negative one and a half now? At which game? Cincy and Pittsburgh at negative one and a half. I'm all over Pittsburgh this week. Me That's too. one of my big, big bets. Um, I'm giving that out to everyone. It, the lines changed. Remember, it was at about three points. It's been tortured down. Some some places even got it at Pickett, Pittsburgh plus 108. I think this is the way, uh, the game that, that, that Pittsburgh comes out and punches them in the mouth. They they always play Cincinnati big. They got the Vontae Perfect, uh, you know, rivalry from everything he's done over the years to us. And I think at this point, the Cincinnati might be a, a fraud of a team. You know, they, people get too high and too low on them. They, come on, they came off of beating Atlanta uh, as, a, as an outright underdog. They came off of having a comeback off of uh, to, uh, to Miami, being down two scores. And, and people don't look into that box score of what it really was. So, yeah, run with Pittsburgh on that one, man. Okay. And what about... Denver, it just dropped to six and a half. Is that a no place? Is, is, is that a six and a half instead of seven? Yeah, I actually uh, shop around. I've seen seven and a half at some places, and I'll even go minus 120 on that because you get outside of that key touchdown. And I, well, from what I'm seeing, it's going to be in the 20s and some snow. So I think that plays into, even if they lose, I don't think they lose by more than a touchdown. Great. Thank you very much. All right, let's take a fantasy question. 
Uh, Michael, you're on the line. Hey, uh, thanks for taking my call. Great show. Uh, Jerry, keep doing your thing with the picks. I got two uh, fancy questions. Would you start Goff or Wilson? And then the running back position, would you start David Johnson or TJ Yeldon? Yeah, so for me, I would start Goff. I have no concerns with the snow in Denver. Um, you know, the one thing I have seen this morning is that the game total on that has come down from the 50s down into the upper 40s. I think people are scared of the snow, but it's not justified because as long as the winds are not up, let's say above, uh, you know, say 15 miles an hour sustained, I think golf's going to be just fine. He's got a full complement of weapons this week. So I'm, I don't have any fear about playing him over Russell Wilson. And then you talk about uh, who was it with T.J. Weldon that you were asking about? Yeah, I think it was David Johnson and T.J. Yeldon. That's right. It was David Johnson. Thanks for that. I would play Yeldon this week, I think. Uh, we know that Yeldon is, is probably going to get all of the running back touches for the Jacksonville Jaguars. And while the pace of that game may be down a little bit, it's okay, in my opinion, because he's going to be getting all the touches. My concern with David Johnson still is that while he gets almost all the touches in the offense for the running back position, they're just not using him in a very dynamic way. And I think that's going to play right into Minnesota's hands. So I just I could see a very long day for David Johnson owners. Again, welcome to 2018. Where we're going Yeldon over Johnson. <laughs> I don't know what's going on, but it's the right play. I, I mean, I agree with everything you said. Let's go back to the listener line. Brandon, you're on. Yeah, I'm going to uh, a flex option, either uh, Sony Michelle or David Johnson. I'll hang up and listen. I think I would play Sony Michelle in the flex this week, primarily because he's the later game. And you always want to try to make the flex the latest decision that you have to make during the day. That way you can get out of a player if you need to. Um, but, uh, you know, otherwise than that, I think the game script's going to favor Michelle a lot more. They've shown a lot of commitment to him the past couple of weeks. And I think if that game goes over the total like a lot of us expect it to, I think it's just going to be a really good shot for, uh, spot for Michelle to get 20 touches. Yeah, I really like Michelle this week, too. He's he's in my article on SportsMap. If you guys haven't checked it out, go to SportsMap. But I think he's going to have a, a big game this week. I like him going forward. And I, I think it's going to be a high-scoring game. I really like Sony Michelle, especially, you know, you see a lot of people that, that don't want to use him in, in certain formats. Some people are afraid of him in PPR, and, and I wouldn't be. I, I think he's still going to be a really nice play. I would like to swing over to the quarterbacks here for a second, Josh. And if you guys have any questions, 713-780-3776. We'll try and get to everybody. Uh, I wanted to ask you about Jameis Winston coming back this week. It, I feel like a lot of people are going to be on him because it's a great matchup. Where are you with Jameis this week, Josh? I think Jameis is in a really good spot. My my thought is that probably uh, Todd Munkin went under the hood this week on the bye week and maybe re-engineered the offense just a just a tweak, you know, for for Jameis's strength as opposed to Ryan Fitzpatrick's strength. I think they're in a really good spot this week. I mean, obviously everybody's expecting this to be a high scoring, high flying game, and I. I don't know if it's going to be as high-flying or high-scoring as everyone else thinks it is, but I think Jameis is in this excellent spot. He's got excellent weapons. I don't have any problem playing him this week. Interesting. Yeah, I, I kind of like him too. All right, it looks like we have another call here for Josh. Yeah, get your calls in, guys. 713-780-ESPN. We'll go to John. John, what's your question? Hello. Hey, John, you're on. Go for it. Hey, guys. How are you doing today? Very good. There's four... There's four teams that played overtime last week, uh, Houston and Dallas and Cleveland and Baltimore. I want to know what you think the effect of uh, 
of the uh, overtime we'll have on any of the fantasy players from those teams this week. You know, to be honest, I, I, in, at least in my research, I find that overtime doesn't have any effect at all. Uh, these guys are obviously they're tip-top shape, excellent athletes, and the narrative around them playing extra or playing on short rest like they do on Thursday night football, research has shown that it actually does not affect productivity, injury rate, any of that stuff. So if you're ever concerned about that, don't be. It's just a narrative, and the research bears out that it doesn't matter. And especially what can it do for a, let's say, an overtime game for like the Texans that were needing a win? Does that carry over the momentum, you know, the, hey, we got this. So, yeah, like like Josh said, don't don't read that and into that too much. No doubt. And, Josh, this week, who are some guys that you're, you're putting in quite a few of your lineups? Who are some guys you're big on this week? Yeah, so one of the games I'm looking at that's kind of off the radar for a lot of folks is Seattle and Oakland over in London. And the reason I'm doing that is because Oakland generates absolutely zero pass rush. They don't force the offense to make any mistakes in the, from a blocking perspective. So I think that Seattle has an excellent opportunity here to let Russell Wilson settle in a little bit and throw some passes. So I, I'm really, really high on the Seattle offense this week. I think that uh, – I don't think Oakland's going to travel all that well, to be honest. You know, we saw some quotes from John Cruz early <laughs> in the week that, you know, I, Jerry, well, I can hear you laughing because you know exactly what I'm talking about, what John Gruden said. Yeah. And it's um, – you know, I, I just think Seattle's in a good spot. I like Chris Carson a lot this week. I like uh, Doug Baldwin this week, even though he only got one target last week. I like him a lot. I like Russell Wilson. And on the flip side of that game, I, you know, I don't have any issue playing Marshawn Lynch. I think he's going to get plenty of work. I like Amari Cooper because I think, again, they're trying to move him around and diversify him in the offense where he can, he can really do something. So, you know, I like this game overall. I think this game has an excellent shot of going over, and so I'm kind of heavy on that. Another game I'm looking at that I find pretty interesting, even though the total is dropping quite a bit on it, is, is Pittsburgh and Cincinnati. And I, the reason I'm saying that is because, Cincinnati's been a different animal on offense since Bill Lazor took over the play calling. And a lot of the narratives that were in place before about that offense struggling against what would have called common opponents, so someone they played in the last 12 calendar months or last 16 games, they're, they're kind of going away. So that offense now, it's very diversified. And although they're missing John Ross today, I think they have another player that can probably stick in there that will act as a mid-lifter and pull defense back a little bit. So, you know, it's, it's A.J. Green, it's, it's Tyler Boyd, and it's Joe Mixon who's coming back at full strength, and I think that that's, that game is going to be very, very solid for fantasy purposes, and I'm pretty heavy on that one as well. We're on the line with Josh ADHD from Roto Grinders and the Fantasy Insiders, 713-780-3776. If you want to ask him anything, we'll go back to the lines right now. Cody, you're on Money Line. What's up, man? Hey, man. Uh, PPR League, Carlos Hyde, Javarius Allen, uh, or Isaiah Crowell, start two? Uh, of those three, I would probably sit, um, gosh, I'd probably sit Javorius Allen. You know, I really like um, I really like the other two guys this week. I think they're in good spots. they got good volume. Javorius Allen's a little bit touchdown dependent. And Cleveland defense is tough, dude. They're really tough, and I think, you know, they're playing at home again. I just I don't know if that game's going to see a ton of points. I think it'll see a lot of movement of the ball. I think we're going to see a lot of field goals in that game, kind of like we did last week. So I would I would side with the other two guys. Randy, you're on money line. What's up? Randy. Well, maybe not. Yeah, maybe not. Sorry, guys, we're having some some issues with the phones there. All right. Well, let me get back to asking you something while we get the phones going. 
Andrew Luck, he's on a career high pace to on uh, attempts, right? So the the missing uh, of T. Y. Hilton, it's opened up doors for people like Chester Rogers. How consistent do you think Rogers could keep this up? Is he somebody that you're putting into your lineups this week? I'm I'm kind of hesitant on Rogers from a, I guess from a pure volume perspective. If you're looking for a key play for volume, I don't have any issue with that. Um, the player I would probably look toward in that offense instead, though, is going to be Naheem Hines. His target volume has been very, very steady over the last few weeks. He has solidified his role in the offense. He's a pass-catching back. They used him as an extension of the game, and I wouldn't see any scenario where he gets less than, like, five targets today. So if instead of maybe looking at the receivers, although I don't mind playing those guys, I think I would rather move to, the, at least in my opinion, the certainty of Naheem Hines for the Colts. Yeah, I love it. I, uh, I've i actually been on him all week, also trying to get him into my lineups. Let's get back to the phone lines. we got everything going go- uh, again. So, Joe, you're on Monday line. What's up? Uh, I have a quarterback question. Um, Andy Dalton or Russell Wilson? Thank you. I think these two are pretty close this week. So I don't have any issue playing either one, to be honest. I think you could flip a coin and you'll be fine. Um, if you're looking for a situation maybe where Wilson could hit like the, the upside that's kind of a ceiling game for him, I think this is going to be the week to do it. So if you if you feel like you know you're not going to get to play Russell Wilson again anytime soon, and you want to you want to kind of get him, in, I think this is a good week to do it. Seven one three seven eight zero ESPN. Get all your questions in. We only have a few more minutes with him, and he he's he's fantasy gold, and he's a very busy man on a Sunday morning. So take advantage of it. Will you're on Moneyline. What's up? Hey man, thanks for taking my call, man. So uh, I just got a wide receiver two and a flex question, man. Out of out of uh, Brown with the Ravens, Edelman, Emmanuel Sanders, or Coochie. Who should I put in as my flex and my wide receiver, too? Oh, man. See, you got a good decision to make here because yeah. I don't really feel like you can go wrong. I like John Brown quite a bit this week. Uh, you know, I mentioned earlier on the show and during the call that I think that the Cleveland and Baltimore games could go under. I still think that means that John Brown can get a ton of targets. He's the air yard leader on the team. In fact, for the whole National Football League at this point. So I really like John Brown. Uh, you mentioned Emmanuel Sanders. He's going to face a tough matchup today in the, in the Rams. And while they're, they're kind of deemed up at the, at the secondary position, I, um, I'm not hesitant to play him at all. I, uh, but I am a little bit concerned about the Denver offense as a whole. It's been kind of a mess lately. So I think of the other three, I would probably sit Sanders today. Interesting. Uh, back to the the Hines comment there, Josh. With Marlon Mack coming back, expected to play today. Do you have any insight on how these touches might kind of get shared? I don't have any specific insight. My gut feeling, though, is that Mack will like directly replace uh, Jordan Wilkins in the lineup. So probably the primary ball carrier on rushing attempts. But from a passing perspective, will he see a few targets? Yeah, I think he'll probably see three or four targets. But I, th- I still think Hines has like he's got his niche in the offense. So I don't think they're going to cancel each other out, so to speak. Okay. Well, then that's very good to hear. Uh, I had a, one just for me I'm kind of curious about. A guy I, I like this week is, is Aaron Jones. Do you think this might be the week that they finally lean on him a little bit and, and he gets you know the lion's share of the touches? Gosh. Well, you, you really hope so, don't you? I, yeah. I, I, um, I'm very hesitant on anybody in that, in that rotation of the Green Bay backfield right now just because I, I the – you would think that the theory of logical coaching would state that Aaron Jones would be playing, but Mike McCarthy is not a rational coach, it appears like, because he doesn't play his best players. He plays a very bland offense, and he depends on his quarterback to be 
out of this world every week. So I'm while I like Aaron Jones as a player, I have a hard time starting him or rostering him this week. Hey Josh, some uh, some free agent defense questions. So you got you got Panthers against Washington, you got Dallas against Jacksonville. Dallas and uh, and the Panthers, both of their defenses are, are, are pretty much free agents. Dallas obviously gets to the quarterback a lot, doesn't force a lot of turnovers. Panthers force a lot of turnovers, but don't really get after the quarterback. If you have to pick up one of those defenses between Carolina and, and, and Dallas, which one are you leaning towards? I would probably take Dallas this week, and the reason being is that they are good at getting after the quarterback and. If they could make Blake Bortles make a couple of mistakes, even if it's not necessarily generating turnovers, but if it's you know if they're getting them off the field on third down, we know that Dallas is going to slow the game down anyway and limit offensive opportunities on the other side. So I, I don't have an issue playing Dallas with this week. They're at home. They've got a good pass rush, and I think they have the type of cornerbacks that can cover the Jacksonville receivers and and keep them relatively bottled up. All right, let's go over to receivers a little bit. I have a question as far as what's going on in Chicago. All right, we saw Mitch Trubisky come out and finally do something, uh, but I think it more had to do with him dissecting Mike Smith, that that zone vanilla defense that he runs. But over the last few weeks, we've seen – we started off with what looked like Allen Robinson was going to be that guy, but it seems like Taylor Gabriel's getting a lot of looks also now. So how big are you on Taylor Gabriel maybe uh, having him in in season long and also plugging him in in DFS? I think Taylor Gabriel's fine to have in season long, but you, you probably want to pick your spots. And that, to me, that's going to be bye weeks where you feel like you need some upside and you can plug him into your lineup. They're, they're scheming plays specifically for him. And this is something that happened when he was in Atlanta as well with, with Kyle Shanahan. And they would actively work to get him the ball specific plays. So from that standpoint, I think you can look at Taylor Gabriel and say, okay, well, he's going to be good for about six targets a week. And they're going to be designed plays to try to get him in space where he can, you know, use his skills to their maximum ability. I think that's fine. I like roster in that kind of player because you know he's got a, a like a certain allocation of plays. But I think his ceiling's kind of limited for that reason. Robinson, on the other hand, I think Robinson's fine. I like Robinson quite a bit. You know, he's still the primary slot receiver for Chicago today specifically. Well, he draws uh, Xavier and Howard quite a bit. I think he will. Xavier and Howard's a heck of a cornerback, and for that reason, today only. I don't have any issue using Robinson as a tournament play, but if I were going to try to use a Chicago receiver for cash, it would be Gabriel. Hey, Josh. So, obviously, there's uh, there's been a little bit of quarterback flip up in uh, Tampa Bay. Mike Evans obviously has been going off with Ryan Fitzpatrick, as Mike Evans would probably go off with anybody. But now he's got Jameis Winston. Do you see that production going up, or do you see it going down? The only reason I could see it going down is if, for some reason, Tampa Bay's defense gets better, and Tampa doesn't have to score 40 points a game to win. So, I, you know, when Jameis Winston's been the quarterback, Mike Evans has been the focus of the offense. So I don't see Mike Evans' usage, his numbers coming down a bit with Jameis Winston unless the defense gets better. I love it. Let's get back to the HRMP listener line. Joe, you're on money line. What's up? Yeah, I got a wide receiver flex question. Darius Thomas or Sammy Watkins? Who's the first one again? Demarius Thomas, I believe. Okay, sorry, it broke up a little bit, so I didn't get the second one either. So Demarius Thomas and the other guy was? Sammy Watkins. Sammy Watkins. Oh, Sammy Watkins. Um, I think today I would probably use I, I would probably use Sammy Watkins. You know, they're, they're moving him all over the formation, and he's been pretty productive this season. And we know that, that uh, Kansas City is going to have to throw the ball in order to compete tonight. I think he's probably a really good play this week. Uh, 
even across from Tyreek Hill. Tyreek Hill, is, uh, he's popped up in a couple of buy-low models that, that I trust, and Amy Watkins is not in those models, but I still like Watkins a lot this week. I think that offense is going to be very productive to win against New England, so I don't have any problem firing him up. I'm with you on that, Josh. I like Sammy this week. I have him in my my article on Sports Map. The other guy I wanted to ask you about. This guy was incredible. Had a bit of a down week last week, and that's Calvin Ridley. What do you expect from him this week? You know, it's tough to say. His his um, when he's on the field, he's targeted pretty heavily. But the problem is, he doesn't play a ton of snaps. So this is probably the kind of game. If you think this game is going to go over, and both teams are going to get up in the upper twenties, low thirties that you would want to play Ridley because Ridley's got a puncher's chance of getting two touchdowns today. Um, personally, though, I think it's going to be a lot of risk involved, so he's kind of a tournament only play for, for me, but I don't mind him. Um, I know a lot of people are going to use Muhammad Sanu this week because he's the primary slot receiver, and that's where Tampa Bay is perceived to be the weakest. But I'm sure Ridley will run some routes out of the slot as well, as well as Julio. So it's, um, I don't really know if you can go wrong with any of the pass catchers. Josh, ADHD from Fantasy Insiders and Roto-Grinders, two programs that I use religiously. I, I, I mean, I usually use them for my gambling-wise as far as those numbers that I, that I try to get off, off my prop bets and things like that. I use those. So, Josh, tell the people a little bit of what you got going on during the week and where they can find your work. Yeah, so you can find my work over at Fantasy Insiders and Roto-Grinders. I, I don't write. I, what I do is I build apps. I build tools for people to look at data to parse data and make more informed decisions about what type of players they need to look at in their lineup. So um, if you want to find more work, you can find it, like I said, at, at Fantasy Insiders and Roto-Grinders. I do two podcasts per week. I do a podcast that comes out Monday morning. It's called The Gillcast, and that's a podcast where we review our cash lineups for the week and kind of work through our decision-making process and what we could have done better. And then on Wednesdays, I have a podcast called Aggression to the Mean, it is a sports analytics podcast. It's aimed at football. So we look at football from a more analytical, data-based, uh, pre- and predictability standpoint. And like I said, you could find both of those podcasts on Road of Grinders. All right, Josh, really appreciate you joining us. We will catch up with you again next week. Good luck, man. Awesome. Thank you, Josh. Thank you, Jerry Bo. You guys go make some money this week, all right? All right. Let's Thanks, bud. All right, guys, that was Josh, ADHD. You can follow him at Fantasy ADHD. We'll hit the rest of the games here just a bit when we get back from break. So sit right there. You're listening to Moneyline, ESPN 97.5. Twitter. Follow the show on Twitter at Moneyline 97.5.